Welcome to The Danger Room, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast focused on helping you to prepare for the opponents you are yet to face. We discuss strategy, tips, tricks, and things you should be considering to level up your gameplay. You can continue the conversation with us on our free Discord, and if you've been enjoying our podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon if you're in a position to do so. Links will be in the show notes. This is a competitive-focused podcast, so bear in mind that our opinions are focused through that lens. Regular members include Jacob, Sploosh, Mike, and Chewy. Hello, welcome back to the Danger Room. Uh, with me, I have Sploosh. How you doing? And we have a special guest, Lucas Sheik. Um, he's a good friend of ours, and he was a... Uh, just in the final TTS. So, how you doing, Lucas? I'm doing uh, okay, as best <laughs> as I can be. I guess. Oh, dude! <laughs> I, I thought you had it, man. So many times I was like, "Oh, this is it. This is game," and then it just didn't work out. Yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah. It, uh, I've won a lot more than I've lost, so I can't really complain too much. Yeah. But regardless, it was a super, super entertaining game. Um, I was like on my edge of my seat pretty much the whole time. <laughs> and I think I was on the edge of my seat so much that even I forgot about the Madman Trap damage that one round. So I, I totally get how you guys missed it. Yeah, yeah. In the, I mean, there's a bunch of small things that you kind of just like rush through, and you don't need to, and uh, <laughs> and it can cost you the. Yeah, uh, that's actually good. A good thing I'd like to say to listeners is something I do usually is. Uh, I know a lot of my opponents will kind of speed through the cleanup phase and they'll just move on to the power phase and stuff. And I always try to do like a crisis check in the cleanup phase. Um, just look at both the crises, be like, do I have to do anything here? Um, definitely helps remind triggers just to be methodical about it. I think uh, I'll just say in real life, especially with um, chess clocks, I actually find myself even better at the objective phase because that's when you pause the clock. And as I'm, I'm still like not the best chess clock user because I'll sometimes forget still to hit the button or whatever, or even remind my opponent to hit the button. But the one thing I'm pretty religious about is when the button's going to get paused because in my mind that's a positive, you know, like it's like we're pausing the clock. That means it's like no one's being punished for the next part of the game. And I always, you know, want to do that because it's like a good thing, you know. So I'm always happy to like pause the clock and just talk out everything that's going on, you know. And it's just a, an opportunity to make sure we're both on the same page, you know, me and my opponent. And then like obviously like, you know, check the objective, make sure everything's being done correctly. And, you know, when the clock is paused, you feel less pressure to like speed right. up, you know. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I totally just to – I'm not saying uh, it's anything with Lucas though, because like I get it. I'm actually like with like reminiscing and thinking about past games I've had, where when the game is like kind of like this averagey kind of monotonous pay or I'd say difficulty, but either win or lose, it's very like just kind of dull because like, so you've done the same things a million times. It's nothing like super interesting going on. It's easier to remember stuff. But when the game is like super intense, maybe there's a bit extra pressure because it's like the finals of the TTS League, 
and then like something's going maybe things aren't quite going your way and you're really deep in the tank thinking about like your next plays and like a whole next turn that it, that's when it's like easier to forget things because you're so deep in thought that you might lose yourself a little in like the more obvious stuff like checking traps and things um i i probably wouldn't feel that way if it hadn't happened to me in games where you know i kind of get super in the tank in my mind and i'm just like you know forward thinking so much that i'm forgetting like what's going on in the now you know so you just need um, to not do it so what eminem says lose yourself yeah, just just don't that. do that <laughs> need a healthy dose yeah. of mom spaghetti i'm sorry it was... <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know about you guys but like in a more casual game or like a less stressful game or just a game that's just like i said a little bit on the dull side because nothing like super interesting's happened that i haven't seen like a hundred times it's easier to remember things because you're just kind of like whatever just playing you know but when things get really intense and it's crazy you know you're just trying to dig yourself out of a hole it can be easier to forget things yeah i think that also it's um sometimes if you forget a trap or you forget a a cleanup phase and then you're halfway through an activation or whatever it is it like your opponent you guys will just be like oh i agree i agree we'll just do the thing we needed we should have done a an activation ago um and like there's no real big deal put on that whereas this like the i mean what happened in my game was like is like I don't know, as as close to game defining as it could as probably could get it could get. So um it's I guess all those times my opponent was lenient with me, uh came back to bite me right there in that moment. Uh but yeah, looking I was definitely looking ahead in over the next couple of rounds and I just totally forgot the next step in front of me and I I missed it. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um at the end of the day you both missed it. So you you can't take all the blame. I mean, both players are totally, a, a, you know, they're responsible for the game state. So yep. uh, it kind of stinks that it happened like that, but it's not completely your fault. You know? Yeah, um, I mean, in the, in season know. eight, I, I missed two leadership triggers. Um, so it's like, uh, and they were back to back. One activation, I think I dazed two models and forgot both of them. It's oh, like, boy. so you, uh, and <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it just happens. Uh, the pressure of the games is is uh, immense, and uh, it's so it's easy to forget uh, little things. Um, like in that case, in the season eight, they weren't like game defining. Like leaderships uh, would have helped, but not like in any direct way. But still, it's it's just easy to miss small things. And and I even tell myself uh, to play slower. I need to play slower. Uh, if I played a little slower there, like there was um, in round two or three i don't remember which round i i activated malekith oh i think it was the round where i dazed beast i i almost put the activated token on um on malekith before i rolled the trap and i just did a self-check at the end of that activation and said did i do everything i wanted to do and that's when i caught myself um not realizing i didn't flip it yet and so uh i in that moment i was playing as slow as i needed to but uh, and there there are two or three other moments in the back half of the game where i didn't <laughs> and it and it sucks but whatever i will say i was screaming at my monitor during that activation i was like flip the trap flip the trap flip the trap please flip the freaking trap and you're putting out the activated token i'm like no don't do this 
<laughs> and then I saw you move the activate token like off of his card. I was like, okay, okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I picked up, yes, I picked up the token and I was holding, hovering it above Malakuth's <laughs> yeah. card. <laughs> yeah, it was close. Oh yeah, I was, I was having a panic attack. Um, but we got there. Uh, so real quick, I would like to uh, congratulate Joe. Um, we should, we should definitely congratulate Joe for a well-earned season. Um, I watched his last two games. I commentated his second to last one with Norbert and I was really impressed with his play. So hats off. Good stuff. Um, obviously I'm sad Lucas took the L, but you know, it's like that sometimes. Uh, yeah, Joe, uh, Joe played really well. Uh, his, him controlling my models, uh, especially Red Skull, um, was uh was problematic it, he created a lot of puzzles i think there were a couple times where he lee gave me a way back into the game when he could have shut me down earlier uh so thank you to joe <laughs> but uh but uh, ultimately yeah he uh he was able to take me down uh in that with uh, his last activation on hulk um so yeah props to joe nice work okay uh so I kind of want to talk about what we've been playing a little bit lately. I feel like it's good content for listeners, uh, and I kind of enjoy talking about stuff anyway. So let's start with Sploosh. What have you been playing lately? Uh, well, mostly just a lot of Cabal games, trying different things. I've tried uh, mostly Kingpin. I find Shadowland and Daredevil kind of boring. But um, uh, Kingpin, I've been just trying the list that I've seen in the top cuts. It's had like... Uh, you lick and Rhino and that kind of stuff, and it just feels like, oh, those guys are cool. And um, at first, I was trying my tried and true, like have someone who can fight uh, sort of mentality. So I tried like Wolverine, and he was kind of cool, but he ended up getting cut because like the idea would be like Wolverine does something cool, and then like use all according to the plan, and then like have him again with power to do something cool again, and just be like Super Wolverine. The thing is, he still like wasn't like a Corvus re- like reliability. I mean, Wolverine's a badass. Of course, I'm talking about Logan, not the other character. But uh, yeah, no, that was okay. Then I I lost a few times to like Spider Woman, so I started trying that. And Spider Woman with the double agent plus all the corner plan is really fun and really powerful. Mm. But I don't know it, it it like and I kept her and I've been playing her. I think she's good there. Then instead of the killing plan, I tried like just adding Iron Fist and doing more like uh, I can take out like um, a big person with all according to plan, and like just you know like there's so many big characters right now like Malgith, Thanos, that kind of stuff, and that was cool until like I started playing against someone playing a bunch of little <laughs> indie stuff, and then all the dudes are just dying to dice and efficiency, and they're not like the big boys, you know. So that was kind of kind of sucked. The last thing, I haven't actually got to play it yet, but you guys, I, I think it was you and some other people talking, and I saw mention that, um, what is it, uh, Hellfire Club has like done well with Ulick and Rhino, and it's like, well, I, you know what I could do? I could just cut um, Shadowlands, since I don't really like playing them anyway, and just play Lemma, and then have had Hellfire option, and you know, just trying to think of like what characters are cool with extra power. Which you know, there's many. Um, oh, I can't remember. I, I might have that list built. Actually, it's, I haven't actually, like I said, I haven't played it. But and that's like my next thing I want to try because uh, that sounds really fun. But you know, it, obviously, 
even like Iron Fist getting extra power could be cool. Because um, I still think the Iron Fist play is cool. It's just not like the be all like play it every game strategy. Because again, like kind of need to hope your opponent brings something that's like five plus threat. For, I think they have to feel like it paid off. Uh, even like four threat's just not enough for the Iron Fist thing to matter. Um, but yeah, I, I think like Spider Woman could be even good with the Hellfire Club. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I I think you like it makes sense that you loves it because like he's got damage reduction and then that leadership can like mm-hmm. heal. So it's like inv- the damage reduction plus healing plus extra power. That just seems like a good time, you know. Yeah, you look so, is really good. No, I think a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of teams honestly could add Hellfire as a second affiliation. Um, but you know, I still need to practice it. I'm not even sure like when it's correct to play because part of me is like, if this is good, like, do I even need Kingpin? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's I've had a lot of people tell me too that they've had good experiences with Hellfire. So anyway, and then I played some Guardians. I think. Guardians might be something I'd play if, like, I had to play a competitive event like tomorrow because they're just so obviously good. Um, and I spied on Pat playing them a few times in Adepticon replays and kind of saw what he was up to, and it's it looked all right. You know? Yeah, it's definitely good. I mean, Pat has yeah. shown that it's very good. Um, he also has shown that you need reps for that list to work because I, I piloted it like a dummy and got owned. So... Yeah, I do think Pat definitely embraces the chaos because, like, none of his games are, like, the same patterns. You know, he might start a little bit similar. I'd say the one thing is he that impressed me is he uses Thanos as, like, a midline grab turn one, which then, like, sets up the rest of his game. That's about the only thing he does consistently. And then everything after that is pure chaos and changing to the situation, you know? So, and you need to do that. Right to to win anyway, is to have like flexibility in your style. One so. last thing I want to ask you: Have you considered yeah. playing new Modoc? Yeah, I have, but t- just talking it out. Unfortunately, he hasn't been in TTS um, for me to play with because I I had wanted to try him out, um, and I'm pretty sure he's still not in TTS. Yeah, he's not. Uh, so yeah, when he's out, I'll give him a go, but I'm not like super optimistic because I think it, the coolest part of him is actually that he gives extra defense versus like the offense. So I think the offense is just, it feels very like mm-hmm. X-Force. Um, but the defense is like kind of a cool little thing, but I don't know. Like I got to try that out the Hellfire thing. To be honest, that sounds more sure. fun to me. I know me. Cookie yeah. has said that Mind Games is a pretty sweet card. There's like a way you can set it up. To where, like, you either kill something or get a VP. Um, yeah, no, I've done a little bit yeah. of head simming on that one. But, like, I do think that card is really cool. And I think Modex kind of cool. I wish he was size 4, though. Like, him being size yeah. 3 kind of... I think it's... See that being kind of it's a balance not great. For him having his little Hail Hydra thing where he can shrug attacks to allies. If he was size 4, it'd be, like, really obnoxious to, like, try to hit him. Size 3, you can at least, like, move him away. From enemies, but I like the obnoxious <laughs> for know? now. I, I I see what you're saying, but it's like he's. I feel like he's like really cool when you read him, and then when you picture everyone throwing him around, it's less yeah, cool. Uh, and he's slow still, and he's just a big, like he's, I don't know, maybe like he's even size three, but like a a superpower or whatever that says like he's like size four for the I don't know, 
for for pushes or something. I, I just wish it was he was a little less. What if this movable. motor could play aim lackeys? Would um, you be thinking about him then? That would also <laughs> yes, I would definitely think about that. Yeah, aim lackeys is just like the coolest Texas card ever. Aim lackeys is pretty sweet. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I miss it as a card in the game because I, I having like a free movement action is insane yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the segue into what I've been playing. I mean, obviously, I've been playing some a lot of shield. Um, free movement, actually. Yeah, shield mobile is the freaking shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, Welcome. Yeah, shield mobile's been real good. I... Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I've been playing the gun line that Vince has popularized. Um, I've also like worked with him and Nate a little bit to try to solve the the hellscape that is the X Men matchup, and. Uh, I think we, we found some stuff that is makes it a game. It's definitely not like a, I auto win this, but it's not. Before it was an auto loss, so we're getting somewhere. Uh, yeah, a lot nice. of that, as Asian Venom and Spider-Woman, they, uh, they're both really fast. Obviously, Venom gets around their cover. Um, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, so... It's actually incredible that they gave him Venom's ability. Right, because it's it's similar instincts. Yeah. They both have it, right? Yeah, that's insane. That's that has always been like basically Venom's best ability. Yeah, so you can play like some combination so of uh, like Hawkeye, Venom, Spider Woman, and then like Voodoo as well. Because uh, I find that you just need to get a handle on the extracts into X Men, and then it, the game mm -hmm. becomes a lot less stressful because they're not running away from you constantly, um, and you can kind of fight over like a couple secures and hold the extracts. And then it's it's the game is a lot more manageable. Um, it's still very hard game and dicey. Um, but before playing the gun line, you're just gonna lose. Um, I will also say that uh, what was it? Frick, I can't remember. Um, but yo, oh, and we've been I've been using Nick as a uh, like an extract steel character now. Because he's mostly useless into that matchup because he's just shooting things. He's like has no action economy. <laughs> like he's shooting into cover. It's, there's no control. Like he's just terrible. So I find if I can like be aggressive on grabbing extracts with him and then having like shield mobile and stuff to like run away, it's been pretty good. It even worked out against Web Warriors today. So oh wow, so who's paying for shield mobile? Uh, it doesn't matter. Shield mobile can be played out of activation. So like Nick can like grab something on the midline and then if they attack oh yeah, so if serious? they attack him and like don't kill him, he can just shield mobile on someone else's turn and just run away. So so shield mobile's better than aim yeah, like yeah. Shield mobile has to be during my turn, but any shield character can just pay three and move along with flight. So it's a Holy okay. Yeah, it because aim lackeys is a movement yeah, action. During, during it's turn. still an action. Yeah. Yeah, but you could, someone else could pay for it, uh, even like a turn before. Like you could play sh aim, uh, yeah, aim lackeys like on turn three and actually do the action Correct. on yeah, four. Yeah, no, shield, shield mobile is. Like, uh, but yeah, shield mobile is even better. It's like a. Do you know who I am? But not. A yeah, 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 exactly. And, and they fly too. Yeah, oh yeah. So God. like, you, you could like on legacy, for example, like my opponent one prio, they take a virus, and then you can deploy Nick and the Grunts in such a way where they can grab the next two or the remaining two. And then killing the grunts is like obnoxious a lot of the time because like they'll just drop them towards me and then like someone like Spider Woman will go retrieve it and it's fine. Uh, 
and then if they attack Nick, he can if he's like doesn't get one shot or like killed in an activation, he can oftentimes just shield mobile away. Um, and I also have like sit rep in the wings to like move people around. Um, also, what we just found out today, you can like play Spider Woman with no matter the cost and sit rep. You can like sit rep her up with Hawkeye or something, and then she can like move Venom Blast pick up and then just like run away with Pryo. <laughs> so like. There's definitely like some play here that's working, um, and I think having like a more extract focused team into like webs and X Men is important because the gun line just isn't going to work. Yeah, sometimes people just don't want to. Yeah, do the, it. Gun, the gun line works when your opponent is like trying to kill you, um, when they're trying to run away with stuff. It's no bueno. But yeah, it's been super fun. I really like playing Shield, and I'm excited to keep playing them. Okay. Uh, cool. so we'll jump into Lucas this kind of goes off our first question anyway so Lucas you've obviously been playing Malik of X-Men uh, do you, are you I guess talk about how you arrived here what, just like go from there like how, how would you how would you describe your journey with Malik and like do you think he's worth playing or are you going to yeah. stick with them etc um, well I'm going to stick with a similar list to what I have now uh, in for the immediate future but basically uh, right after season eight, I mean, I just kept playing Cabal, Mono Cabal for the most part. Season nine had a, uh, I, I, whatever, just kept playing. It was the first time the league did um, no locked rosters, which was kind of like something I was really good at uh, prepping for. <laughs> um, so I did not succeed uh, in season nine, and I, I it, uh, my fifth game, I was kicked out, or I, I was, uh, I lost my second game. So, um. That was that kind of sucked, um, but in November um, I was playing Avengers and Cabal, and I was trying them out because I needed to. I mean, I was basically taking uh, what kicked my butt in season eight and, uh, com- and combining it with the team I was used to, which was Cabal, and I was starting to have some success. Uh, then we had the Christmas episodes from the Danger Room, and I pitched basically I pitched that list as the Cabal list. Um, and and one a player um a player from australia took a took that list and they won a six round event in australia and they uh they mentioned that to me and that kind of like brought me a little bit back into like the that like more into the game i was kind of just like i felt like lost uh and didn't know really where i was going so to get like some reassurance that like i I, my ideas uh could could still work and i I, um helped a lot and then and around that time that's when um i started like working with you guys a little bit more and uh and just uh talking through some ideas and eventually i are so i ended up winning a a online uh sandwich league in that december using avengers cabal and then i won another one using cabal in january so um things were just starting to kind of pick up a little bit. Uh, I was finding some success ultimately in like January is when I uh, early January, I think is when I started doing X-Men cabal. I had uh, brotherhood mystique dream team in there too. Somehow it just like all <laughs> was kind of like, it was all over the place, but we, I basically, I decided I, it was too much jank. Uh, I think we like talked about that and, and I guess like my thinking was that ultimately playing the mystique dream team um against Malkith Cabal at 19 
uh, it works, and you can beat Malkith Cabal. Um, but you have to play it basically perfectly. You need to you need to pull your characters back into anti deception range. Uh, you need to make sure you have got power on the characters that need to have power to avoid Juggernaut getting um, thrown into your characters, uh, like right away, like on round one, because that could like easily daze a character. Like there's so many little things that you have to do perfectly, or else Malkith Cabal can get the gets the attrition game working really well. So I basically in my mind I was thinking I'm I'm basically bet on if I had to play that matchup my opponent would play it imperfectly. And uh so that's why that was like the reasoning for why I was willing to drop out that um uh, that part of the team so that uh it just it meant that got we got Honey Badger in the list, so it let uh, let me play uh, Red Skull and Malekith at twenty, which I played a, quite a few times, and it was a lot of fun every time, um, because of just the amount of pressure you can exert with Red Skull because of the X Men jump, and Malekith already has the range five charge threat range. Oh, here real, real quick for combi- listeners, I think we yeah, kind of jumped yeah. over that team. Yeah, it's uh it's Malekith and Red Skull, but you run it with Storm and then. Honey Badger and like an X Men three threat like Beast Beast. Logan, no, I you need a you need a, you need eight. Why does it not work? So it's like Storm, Honey Badger, and oh, like okay. another three threat like Domino or Beast or something, and then uh, yeah. So so it depends on what you want to do. Uh, I think that um, I think that initially it was like oh you you go with Beast because then you can grab the scroll with one move and come back. But um, thinking about it more and prepping for this finals match in case I got it. I think it was like you play Domino because she's just better um, in in almost in most situations, and you uh, you to me my X Men grab a flank scroll with Domino, and then Skull could pick up the middle scroll if he needs to, but it means that you're not giving up both flank scrolls. Uh, so I mean you've got plenty of basically you've plenty of options um, with. X, with this list on scrolls, you can do a, a lot of things, but really, it's the threat projection is just so powerful um, at twenty threat. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, but yeah, so I, um, yeah, so then the list kind of just came together, and it's really. I mean, I like to think of it as an X Men list with Cabal Splash because all of these characters that I'm playing um, that are Cabal affiliated or and Hulk are all really good in X Men. And I can't say the exact same about all of the X-Men characters. Um, and I wish I got to play X-Men more. I only got to play them twice in my uh, six, what, 11 games. Um, but um, it just, the crises ended up keep and the, the, the opponent's teams. I was like, all right, well, if you're playing spider foes with Malkith, I, I can't just, I can't play X-Men into that. I have to play Cabal. Uh, and if we get research station, it's like, all right, I mean, I got to play Cabal. <laughs> so I ended up getting like a bunch of draws that were like, ah, man, like this is a bummer. I got the, the one awesome draw when I got to play this, that 20 threat team uh, against guardians. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. And I felt really great about that. But for the most part, I was getting like the crisis combinations that I didn't want. And I had to, uh, I didn't get to play the cool setups as much as I would have liked to. Yeah. It makes me wonder that maybe uh, dropping research base for something else is a good idea especially since a lot of people are like built to handle research 15 these days because it's so popular uh so i have dropped it yeah Um, (laughs) and that's like yeah so it's not and that's not i mean the finals game basically is like you can either play it's very fighty uh, a lot of the times or you can play a wide team with hulk and pyro like um and 
that sucks and that sucks for me just probably worse it's probably worse to play against that but uh, so as of right now going into my le- my next event i'm i'm picking up legacy virus just because it's high and it gives me like more roster flexibility and it's also on the midline where x-men can grab things safely uh grab two probably two things safely whereas uh so i could probably get both viruses or i can at least threaten them with um so it just gives me lots of flexibility. I could play Cabal or I could play X-Men into it. And it, and uh, 19th threat, it feels good for this list that I play. So as of right now, uh, that's in. And I've also taken out Sword right now because the 15th threat, I like if I'm playing 15th threat, I don't get to play Malekith with three X-Men that can contest. And I think I'm just going to play a D-shape Um secure and hope that like the positioning skills that I or my positioning um, can win me those games and I also like how Malekith bouncing off a beast um, right from mid deployment would be able to in a single move hit any of the other three secures on the board which means I can double tap round one so I think uh, a X-Men splash with Malekith for D-shapes like I mean it seems good every time uh, like in the finals, I was like, "Oh man, I really hope I get portals because I get that two tap right away." Mm-hmm. And and uh, and Pyro might not be able to get me as quickly as uh, as he would need. He would want to because I'm on the midline. I'm not on the opposite m- trap, right? The trap is like I'm probably one move away from Pyro attacking me. And uh, and so I like po- I liked portals in that matchup. I think so. I'm dropping sword um, and I'm picking up one of the two other D shapes for now. And that's what that's those are the changes that I've worked in for the next bit. Do you think R and D is still the play or should R and D be something else? Um I I mean I am it's like it's my crutch, <laughs> I guess. I, I'm just like used I'm just so used to it. I I have never played Balkith without a threat on round one. And I see when I see other players play him like against me i'm like thrilled i'm super thrilled because i know that i just know that i can do whatever i want uh on round one um and and i'm not going to get punished immediately i like if i can try to score out the game faster um and i don't know just like not getting one attack off on round one with malekith is like i've it's it seems very difficult to win games it makes games way harder than they would need to be so i think I just really like having the charge and and X Men Hop, um, both on round one, is uh, is very nice. And maybe I could drop it if I'm playing triple D secures or something like that, and then I only have the hop, um, and I get a single tap each of the secures. But I've just haven't tried that. Yeah, I think maybe uh, if you're going to play X Men leadership a lot, you could you know that's your R and D substitute, right? Yeah, because you're, now you're getting now you're and... getting Blade of Midnight with uh, two skulls, exactly, up to yeah, two skulls, you're... which is like way more consistent than seven seven dice with no skulls, right. and hoping for the damage for the throw and all that. Yeah, yeah, that might be pretty sweet. And then you can bring in either like Follow Me or Sacrifice, which might be pretty sweet. Sacrifice is like every time I play <laughs> against it, it's like my lip my yeah. all over again. It's just it's so hard to play against. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I it's, it's definitely worth a shot. Yeah, that sounds cool. All right, there's like no way to really play around sacrifice either, because it's like, oh well, if I attack this guy, I don't want to attack, then they'll just do nothing, and then 
they'll always just save it to the second attack. So then you feel like you have no agency against sacrifice. Like they, it, there, it's all the agency is on them, uh, which drives me nuts. But um, I don't know. I, I think advanced R and D is ridiculous. So I, I think you should just keep playing it. I I agree with you that the threat of an attack and even being able to attack people when they can't attack on turn one, it's like you're getting like an extra turn in the game, basically. Um, just and you're brought a seven threat character, so you wanted to do stuff. Yeah. Um, the depressing thing is when you do our advanced R and D charge and then miss completely, and then they might be able to move or something. I mean, luckily, hopefully, a prio, but if they can like get their character away, it's a nightmare. I that happened to me. Uh, in a game a few months back and I was very sad um, but yeah it is that's the way of playing Malekith um, Mike are you going to ask about Malekith because the, the, uh, the last thing I, I wanted to get out there is um, I mean you played Malekith when he was old Malekith and then they nerfed him I'm just curious your thoughts on the nerf to Malekith and do you feel like he's fine or nerfed enough or I think, what, uh, what's I your think take? that he um he's not, i don't know he's he's super strong like i i for the last six months have tried to play the most broken list i can imagine uh and every single one of them <laughs> has malkith in it okay so i um so i think that i uh, i think that he is a problem and i but like i mean if you get rid of malkith it's uh, then what do i play i don't know i i <laughs> i'll um yeah i, th- I think he needs i mean yeah hope. exactly i'd probably pick up like pyro just like uh he's like he's just he's so good but um yeah i think he is still one of the best models in the game pound for pound even with the nerf and uh um until he changes i'm i don't see why i wouldn't stop playing him unless they bring unless like there's more counters i don't know uh this pyro hulk thing is a real problem um so but then I look through all the I've looked through all the characters to counter it, and there's like nothing. I don't know. There's nothing really that like pops out as like this is how you beat those two characters. Um, so, but in general, I would say yeah, Malekith is a little more powerful than it than the threat cost to bring him to the table. Fair. I mean, Malekith was uh, came in second place at Adepticon. I've, do you guys know? It has to be at least one of the top most uh, attended event in MCP history. Yeah, Adepticon was like 128. Yeah. Yeah, and then TTS League is probably still at least like 200. Season, like over 300? And, I think it was like 250-ish people okay. that could have made top cut, and there was another 30 or so that joined the leagues but weren't eligible. Yeah, so I mean, that's two incredibly large events, and Malekith came in second twice. Um, I mean, that should mean something right that he's pretty good yeah he's, he's pretty good uh and, and and neither of the lists were identical the other one was doing like the lockjaw thing how do you feel about that method of playing malekith uh i mean i i don't know i'm i think that lockjaw kind of sucks after round one but i mean i think i don't know from what i've seen the play in that in those lists he's doing some useful things the I just don't he's not really contributing too much to the attrition plan, so you basically are putting you're putting it all on Red Skull and Malekith, and that's uh I don't know it's scary it's scary because I've I've been I've had Malekith whiff so many times uh 
that I don't really trust his dice that much. But like, if you have to try to trust someone's dice, like Malkitz is like the is the character to trust. But I don't know. It's um, it makes me it would make me nervous to play that list. Uh, I like to play Malkith more on the scenario side and then hit like those key, like put the pressure on the, their team to split up and interact and um, move around because um, Malkith is so fast. So I like to use, I guess I like to use his speed um, and then use his power uh, to just when, when these characters are isolated to just like take them out and, and um, yeah. So he, whereas the Lockjaw list is like, is base it feels like it's just going way more attrition heavy than I am comfortable with. Yeah, you mentioned you're interested in taking a map D, and map D is like a natural way to like create isolation, and then you have the flexibility to choose what which battle you're looking for. I assume yeah, that's, that's, that's the exactly whole right. Where yeah. whatever side Hulk isn't on is like the kind of was like the idea in this crap. <laughs> it was like. Uh, if I was going last, because he won Pryo, 18 threat portals, I could go 5 wide Mal, he goes 5 wide Hulk. Alright, Hulk goes, alright, wherever Hulk ends up, I just double tap the other side. It seems pretty clear. And like, yeah, yeah. The um, So yeah, that, I liked, I don't want to put Malekith in the middle of the board and then say like, come at me. Like it, It's uh, it's scary to do that. His his defensive dice are great a lot of the times, but then they just whiff and you're you've taken 5 damage. Um, Mike, I'm gonna hit the yeah, next question. I will say one cool thing. I feel like I always watch yeah. Lucas's Malekith on stream, and he just never connects on attacks. I'm like, <laughs> like Malekith, please. He keeps, keeps I know though. that's what's impressive about it. I feel like Lucas's Malekith rolls like crap all the time. He still keeps winning. So I maybe mean, that's why I play scenario <laughs> so much with him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so the next thing, we, you touched on it a bit, but uh, maybe we could like try to hit the question a little deeper. Um, the big thing is like you played X-Men um, with Malekith and Cabal. Uh, Cabal. Um, so I guess, like, could you maybe go into that a little bit more? Like, why X-Men versus like anything else? Do you feel like X-Men could be something else? Have you put any thought into that? Maybe for the future? And then, like, yeah, basically, like, I, maybe you could even explain like your wins with X-Men a little more, except we heard the cool list at 20. Is there any other cool list you, that excite you? Like I know um, just also too, you mentioned sword and taking it out. I remember we discussed, I think you would do like a 15. You wouldn't even play X-Men on sword. You're going to play like cabal and have red skull and all that. Um, Cause it's cool that the grunts interact on the sword basis. Um, and yeah, I guess is X-Men the best choice in hindsight? It sounds like you liked them, so I think you're going to say yes. But uh, Well, I think um... that it really depends on what is the problem. Um, so the problem that I had three months ago was that Avengers had Legacy Virus. And I was like, I need to I need to have solutions in my list to deal with that. Uh, so I think that Cabal, Malkith Cabal... Um, it's it, there's like a, a three there's like basically three characters that are like you need to have and then the rest are all they're nice to have I, I, and that's like Malekith, uh Mystique and Red Skull and I think I mean like Hulk I would say like is actually like also a need to have in the Malekith list um but uh so it was like all right I don't need there's like so many characters that are oh they're nice like that's that's fancy cute things that you can do um but really when it comes down to it, it's like these four characters, 
you just br- I I can just bring them. I can splash six other characters and have a whole other game plan. Um, and so I went through Avengers. I played a bit of Shield um, before season nine, and um, and so I was just trying to find something. And I I knew that X Men with Malkith Splash was like there was a few people playing that before season eight, and I had to go against it too uh, to get into Top Cut. And it was a very intense game. It went down to like, it went to like the seventh round and it was tie, it was a tie game and it was crazy. And, um, and so I knew that it was possible, but uh, no one had really played it since, since Red Skull's launch. Uh, and I guess, so I basically the problem was that she was shield to me, Malkith Cabal, just like, uh, I, I did not want to play against shield with Malkith Cabal. And so it was like, all right, well, um, <laughs> X-Men uh, obviously do really well against S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really like the, the main driving force there was that I didn't want to just get an auto-lose matchup. I there I don't want... If you're playing Malkith solo, like there are some matchups that are just horrible and I wanted other solutions and I didn't want to... The solutions in Cabal just like with the other leaders just didn't look good to me. And X-Men, I didn't need to run all the X-Men I could get a core and I think I have a core of five of them. Um, and, and then I, uh, yeah, I liked it. I started playing it. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed how if I got portals and hammers or they had hammers or something, I, I felt like I had like a 70% chance to win after I hit the deployment button. And I was like, this feels pretty sweet. Um, and, uh, and then, so I just started, then I, then I kind of just started winning a lot with it. And that made me like, uh, I was starting to have a good time because I was winning so much with this, just X-Men and, uh, it made me want to play them. And so I then started mixing things up, like mixing the Cabal characters with the X-Men and, and, uh, and there, yeah. So it just, I just kept winning with these, with this, a similar roster to this. And yeah, I'm still doing pretty good with it. And I think just a few more tweaks, um, will keep me going for at least a little while. Yeah, I think the list is really strong. I mean, yes. you suggested the idea to me or showed it to me at the first time. I was like, oh man, these like, there's a lot of like, uh, like matchup fixing that X Men and Malekith do for each other uh, at the time. And at the time, people were less on, I feel like people hadn't really uh, talked about like Red Skull, Mystique, Malekith at 15, um, which is what this list would do to you. So, and also like, X-Men at, on 15 sword can be weird sometimes. Like I think certain teams can give X-Men problems if they bring sword and then their opponent picks 15 into like some kind of, you know, like, like Malekith Red Skull Mystique <laughs> into X-Men, you know, I feel like that's a hard game for them. If X-Men just playing, you know, honest X-Men. Oh. Yeah. And the, uh, the, I mean the mixups, there's nothing really complicated here. Uh, I just like, uh, I play. I could play Logan and Malkith together. I think like the main thing that I like to think about is I don't want to have Malkith being the only like strong attrition presence on the board. Um, so because then he, he just gets focus fired down a lot of the times. So having something like a seventeen points, which is like uh, two X Men, Logan, and then Logan, and then Malkith, and you can just send Logan. Uh, on his own to like just uh, delay their scoring and, or just like take out one of their pieces 
and then you have the rest of your team, like Malkith and Storm and Domino on like the other side, and Domino can like carry her weight a little bit. Like you just they the opponent has too many problems to deal with in a lot of cases, and they can't just like bring both of their like one or two of their Malkith specialists into one spot because then the other spot is like the other spot loses on the attrition side of it. And so, I mean, that's kind of like what the 20 threat does too with Red Skull and Malkith, but like amped up even further. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, that's like, um, that's really, there's nothing really too complicated here. Like when I play, I mean, in my mind, it isn't like when I see a crisis, I'm, I usually don't play any mind games. I just play the best characters for that crisis. Uh, in the case of the finals, if we were playing 18 on, and we weren't playing researcher, I would have brought, uh, three X-Men bullseye and Malkith. Um, and that would have got me safe extract grabs and a, probably a double tap on round one. Uh, so it would have like, it would have got me equal. Like it would have, we would have been equal in scoring, but I would have had a major attrition advantage. Ideally that was kind of like the thinking. Um, and then, so there's nothing really too fancy. I would just say that I would definitely splash the cabal characters into X-Men, uh, more than, more than the other way around, other than Logan, like uh, Logan goes in and, uh, the cabal team really well, because at, at 19 or 16 or 19 or like any of the threats above 16, you can bring Logan with Malekith and Skull and you're, uh, and now you've got three threats that could, um, that could real realistically take out models on the board and, uh, and probably have priority. And so you're really getting to pick and choose which you get to pick and choose which matchups you want to deal with first. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how the my like list building, Ross, my squad creation kind of goes. I faced that you playing with Logan. It's, it was pretty rough. I I can't remember. I think it was Intrusions we yeah. played on, and I was like, this is dumb. Because Logan was just always alone. If he wasn't alone, he'd just go through a portal and go somewhere else and be alone and just ravage my characters. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, usually he does work, uh, but I mean, I guess like you, sometimes I expect too much out of him. Uh, but like I don't know, like he, um, he usually pulls his weight for the the threat cost. I hate Logan. I hate Logan so much. And he also has a throw size three. He's got a size three throw, so even in like the worst of situations, he just moves someone, and that can be good enough. He's pretty nasty, and uh, re rolls and Pierce. It's really good. Yeah. I hate him so much. Um, <laughs> you're not supposed to I hate him. I hate him because of exceptional healing. I wish that card was just gone. Uh, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I and I'm sure. Lucas, you're playing exceptional healing with Mr. Logan. Yeah, I the the that's the one thing with like dual roster creation is that you don't have the you usually don't have the flexibility on tactic cards, but exceptional healing like makes it into my ten. And when Logan's on the field, uh, it's like almost always. There's very few circumstances where I wouldn't bring it. Yeah, it changes the character completely from like it could be a risk to I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know any other final thoughts on that. I, so, you, sounds like you're happy though with the X Men, and it, I mean, it makes sense. You mentioning the shield thing—that that's just like, well, duh. Yeah, if you if she, if you're worried about shield, X Men is the thing to take. Not for long, baby. 
Let's <laughs> see, Mr. Copium over here. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm actually want to get a game against your your shield list uh, and and see how it goes. Yeah, Lucas's list is actually just like a night nightmare fuel for shield. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> it might just. Be I don't terrible. know. I, I played against. I played against shield before with, but I splashed in Malkith. This was like just during like play testing, practicing, and uh, and I mean they still. Uh, that was I guess the problem there was that I only had Malkith as a th- as my only real threat. Uh, and they just dealt with them, even through cover. That's but fair. Malkith likes to be close, right? Yeah, Malkith's probably so not going to really... cover. It's just a matter of like, do I can I keep the points close to like do enough work into Malkith? Yeah, I think it was just like the I just I was a squad building error. I don't I think if I'm playing into a shield team, like I, I probably don't bring Malkith. Uh, but um, I just go wider and bring Red Skull maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just well. Red Skull, I think, is bad in the shield. I would. I oh yeah, would they're not, both actually. Yeah, Red they're Skull. both. They're both bad. Uh, yeah, I would be. I, then I'm. Then I'm probably basically playing all X Men yeah. or like as many X Men as I can. So that's fine. Uh, I, I think I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My plans make it a game, so we'll see how that goes. But you don't have Voodoo either, so that helps a lot. No, yeah, I don't have any extract yeah. stealing because I'm trying to trying to kill yeah, exactly. you. Exactly. So if I'm the only person playing Voodoo on the table, I feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, no. Well, um, no, no, go ahead. You got go ahead, Mike. Well, I'll just say, um, you are known and you kind of hinted at it for being mis- like really big on prepping for games. Um, for people that don't know, this guy made like spreadsheets and stuff and like had everything mapped out for every character and every possible objective for each opponent. Um, how has that changed at all? Like, you know, the, you mentioned the format changed for TTS, I guess. And I, I just, I'm curious, how was your prep this time around? Well, in the Swiss, uh, it was no roster lock, so I just brought the list and I just dealt with it. Um, and I got a couple of lucky wins that I probably shouldn't have, but um, for the most part, things went pretty smoothly. Uh, I lost the I lost the sixth game, which didn't really matter. Um, actually, it probably helped me because then I got the opponents that I got, which got me to the finals. And if I won that sixth game, I would have, I'm like, I could have easily gone a different route and lost. Was top it seated? It was. It, yeah. So then they did the vote uh, for how they want to play the top cut. And it was roster locked and seated. So the, whoever had the highest strength of schedule was ranked number one. And, okay. Hold on and a the, second. And 32. When was this vote taken? It was taken during the week where the, the, um, it was the the week off. There was a right. There okay, was a one so week the, break. The six rounds of Swiss were done at this point. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that is like super sus to me. Like, why are why is that happening in the middle yeah. of the season? Like, because oh, I lost my last game. That didn't matter. So now I'm going to vote for uh, seated games. Right. Yeah. I, oh, the one thing that like that was pointed out basically was that if you wanted to spend the time, you could have looked at all of the results. You could have looked at all of the results of all the players and then voted for seeding, um, knowing who you would have to face, knowing the entire bracket if you if seeding was a thing. Um, but I didn't do that because I just didn't really care. Actually, I voted for no roster locks, um, which is like against what I feel like I'm strong at. And really, it was just be- uh, like selfishly, it was because I wanted to basically spring this list on people, and I felt like the 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 ability to just like surprise people with this weird list uh had a, a value to it 
and I guess maybe slightly more value than the prep that I uh, could do if uh, if we both knew each other's list ahead of time. Um, but yeah, I voted for just like random what I, I don't even remember what the the seeding part of it is. I think I voted for. I don't remember, but I voted for no roster locks. We got roster locks. As soon as we got roster locks, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to win. Uh, and uh, because <laughs> I was like... I like that confidence. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I was super confident because I was like... I guess when you... like In my mind, when you want to take down an event, you have to, you have to assume you're going to... Like, you have to just have that mindset, I think. Like, I mean, I do. It's like, I'm going to win this event, but... I can't, I, what is, what would a champion do to win this event? And I have to do those things. And, uh, and one of those things was an immense amount of preparation before most of my matches. And that included basically writing down every single crisis combination and threat uh, possibility assessing if I wanted to take priority or not. And then once I kind of had that idea in my mind, I would, I could safely assume what my opponent would want to do. Um, and then I would basically, yeah, I would build my, my teams that I would bring. I would build the teams that my opponents would bring. And oftentimes I got advice from other players about like what those teams would be. And, and then I would basically, uh, I would play the game against myself or whatever for round one. I would just do round one basically over and over again on, and, and until I found something that I felt strong on in round one. And then basically I was just like relying on my skills in the game to, to take the lead that I, I tried to manufacture, um, and ride out the rest of the game with that lead or the positional advantage. And that, and so, yeah, it was a lot of work, but it was enjoyable. Um, at this point in time, I'm like, I, I just don't want to do roster locks because like the, it is a mental, it is quite a mental load each week. And I'm, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm just very tired. Yeah. And it's super exhausting. I've, I've done that stuff before too. And I was like, Oh my God, so much. And like, I will say that is an interesting point about just like playing the round one a lot because I've noticed when I lose games with shield, it's because my round one was suboptimal. Like I deployed incorrectly or I didn't grab extracts that I should have. Um, and then, like my, my mid game is like mostly fine. Like, I, I just I think the mid game is more about just like MCP fundamentals and playing well. And uh, round one and deployment is very much like a have you done your homework situation. Yeah, that's it, it. Feels that way for me too. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it, it's more round zero, or whatever deployment than it is round one because it's like the matchups and setting up the right situations and not like placing a character i mean some of that is fundamentals too of like just placing your characters in such a way that they can do multiple things if that's an option for like obviously mystique being in the right range to reach all the objectives you potentially want to get to deception correctly like you know that's that's more mechanical but you know getting a matchup you know like against the character that you want to have a matchup against and that kind of stuff is knowing their roster yeah i i think that's um the turn zero is, I, I would imagine, like I play, I've played dual affiliation rosters for like the last six months. So I, but I would imagine like picking your squad is a little harder in single affiliation. Like when you're trying to pick your tech pieces, maybe like when I'm, when I'm picking my roster, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's like three or four of my characters are like already, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm playing this. Like if I, it's a shield matchup, it's like, all right, well, I've got four x-men here like i'm playing these four x-men it's like all right what's the last piece that fits points wise and that's what i'll play um 
and yeah. uh and same with like if it's cabal like yeah you mentioned uh the sword base and i had lost a couple of few games on with x-men on sword at 15 thread or whatever thread it was and i was just like all right i'm not playing x-men on sword anymore it's only there to pretend that i will play x-men on sword um and yeah. uh and so it's like all right well i'm playing at least I'm playing the 15 cabal. i'm playing yeah 15 cabal so it's like all right well i'll just play this like there's no real thinking there it's just i guess it was it's really just about like where you put your characters and that's that was like the thing that um i, I think that it really helped get my skill level higher uh because i I would run this round one and then I would be like, Oh, I could have done this instead of that. And I would learn about, I would learn about ranges on movements and what the, how those interact with secures. Like, can I reach like, uh, um, how do I safely reach this thing and then also get to this spot? Or how do I hit these two? How do I, like if I'm playing a tight secure and extract, uh, setup, it's like, can I do both of these things with X-Men? Um, to me, my X-Men, it was like learning a lot about to me, my X-Men and storm hops actually like really, um, it really helped me understand this scenario game a lot more. So I think just like running a lot of turn ones, uh, just like it helped in general. Cause I got to learn things. I, um, I, I didn't know. I get that. Yeah. And even with X-Men. Like, you can do, like, an X-Men hop with a long mover off a small base. There's a lot of, like, the mechanical part of that, too, where it's, like, a medium base and then a medium move is okay for X-Men hops. And then, I mean, I, and you keep mentioning to me my X-Men, and maybe I'll mention. The idea with that is you can have, like, Storm, like, in the middle of the board and then use to me my X-Men on Storm to pull, like, basically any character, right? I mean, even Domino could, like, move upwards and then reach the midline if done correctly. Um, and it, you're kind of like cheating because you're getting the middle extract, but then also like still have your hop, which could be used for like Malekith or something. Yeah. It's, um, it's like uh, when you're, yeah. when you're playing with X-Men and you are there, it's terrain dependent on the, especially on the smaller base characters. That, um, but yeah. if you position your characters, right, you can grab it. It's like, I kind of, it's like eyes on the prize, but X-Men and any of your X-Men can do it is really what it is like it's what you're using it for mm-hmm. um but even like i mean i'm still super green with x-men like because uh, i mean when i was prepping for this match and i uh mike and i chatted uh before and he was like oh just move your guy to the midline and then play to me maxman and it was just like a thought that i had literally i had never thought about before and so a lot of my mm-hmm. plans just like were like completely changed because uh, you can grab a side hammer or a side paranoia and then play to me my X-Men and get on a madman trap. And I just like, I, I was, I was so worried about needing to be in uh, a spot to use to me my X-Men before I activated or before I activated the character that I was worried about being able to grab things safely. And, and that kind of just like completely opened my eyes. So there's like, there's just a lot of things you can do uh, with movement wise with X-Men that, um, that's you just takes a little bit of time to understand yeah x-men are like extremely technical um they're yeah i mean it's hard to you you really just need volume of games like you need like a a mental you need like a backlog of games inside your brain to like see a lot of the situations Um, oftentimes yeah and i've played I play like hundreds of X-Men games and every once in a while I still get screwed because I like take an extract I shouldn't have on the wrong character. 
where like maybe I even killed someone with like Logan and then I'm like happy like yay I have an extract and I'm like oh crap now I like can't jump here this yeah. sucks uh, it's even sometimes I put mission objective into my list because like I, I've done this against you Mike I remember I I literally made a rule that if I play Red Skull and X-Men I like have to have mission objective because like Red Skull would like pop off kill someone and then I'm like, oh my god! If I don't like get rid of this extract, it screws my entire second turn. And uh, so yeah, it's it's a lot with X Men to think to, to think about. Yeah, they're definitely pretty pretty technical. <laughs> Unfortunately, too, I've seen a lot of times X Men players not follow the rules, and then like since nobody like other people don't understand X Men, they don't even realize their opponent is cheating, like and and by accident, you know, but, like people. Use X Men Hop while holding an extract, and then, you know, obviously, since I played a lot of X Men games, when I see it, I'm like, oh, oh you can't do that. Yeah, you know? listeners, if you're playing mm-hmm. against an X Men player, don't let your opponents cheat. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. have enough advantage yeah. this, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. Maybe we can hit another question here. Um, I guess uh, I was going to ask how you like the TTS League format going forward. Have you heard of if they're going to keep things the way they are now um, in the next yeah, I season? Think that's my understanding, um, and uh, I I think that's fine. Uh, I I don't really I don't really care too much. Um, the only thing that like I uh, had a problem with before that I I left feedback on was that if they do do a roster lock, um, it just should mean that all of the rules and characters. Um, should also be locked. So if they change any rules um, or they make a ruling in the forums that they mention that is, it is in fact a rule change rather than just like a rule clarification, then those should not be considered until the season is over. Uh, I got like, I don't want to say like uh, screwed or whatever, but in season eight, um, they, they adjusted how, um, probability matrix works and it wasn't a rule clarification it was specifically says in the forum that it was a rule change and so um i like i mean the real there's no real complaint here because like i it didn't really matter and the games like it didn't cost i don't think it cost me anything and whatever but it was um it was just something real real quick so what what you're talking about is where malekith would pay for skulls or domino right and then like yeah. recal or would would happen or something like that and like recalibration matrix and then the re-rolling into skulls used to still count up to the amount of power you paid for um that didn't count anymore and they also prevented those two characters from like overpaying for future yeah, that skulls. was the big thing yeah um yeah so domino I, operated I, that I... way for like two years or a year and a half or something and then they mm-hmm. changed it with malekith yeah, in the middle of season eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the but, yeah, they um, definitely yeah. shouldn't. Yeah, if they're gonna lock the system, they should freeze the rules and everything with it. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, so it um yeah, I mean it didn't ultimately matter in my case. Uh, but um yeah, I just I think it's fine. I personally would rather play not roster locked lists just because it means I can't um do the spreadsheet thing because if. I can, I will. I just can't. Yeah, you don't. Can't you don't feel myself. obligated to do it. I can't help myself, yeah. but to put it's like I. I can't half-ass it. I, like if, if there's an opportunity to get an advantage, uh, I'm going to take it, 
so I don't want anyone to have that that opportunity, and including myself. While we're chatting about the league real quick, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I would like to say um, I've been... I've made maps in TTS, and in fact, I have like three or four maps in the in the league uh, pile of maps. And I have noticed, I've, I've been getting frustrated in games where your opponents can just like ruin deployment because the maps like weren't designed to handle being played on four edges. And I was like, the map to rotation button should just be two sides. And then it honestly becomes a lot easier to make maps because now I only have to build for two deployments instead of four. When you have, if you've ever, listeners, if you've ever tried to make a map on TTS and tried to make things like not horrible to play on on every rotation, it's extremely difficult. So, like, I would be more uh, enthused about making more maps if I had to, like, not consider half of the rotations. Um, but unfortunately, I heard that there was a vote where the community voted against that, and they want to allow four playable four edges. And I, I wish I think that comes from like a I think yeah, it comes from a space of uneducation where like those most people voting are people who haven't made maps, and they're like, yeah, of course I want to have more very like more uh, options, if you will, to like pick my side. Like that seems fine to me, but. And trying to make maps uh, with four edges like accounted for is very, very frustrating. I think the four edges, it just means that if, as a new player, you're going to get screwed over way more <laughs> on your deployment than you, uh, than you probably should. Um, and, uh, it's just I mean it's just gonna be tough but I don't know maybe that maybe that makes you a better player in the long run uh, but yeah the uh, um, there's always there's like always one side now that I've played X-Men enough it's like there's always one side that's like I really don't want to get this side um, it's just gonna mess up a lot of my plans um, but yeah so I totally see where you're coming from yeah I do I have lightened up on the fact that I do think maps should interfere with like plans in some capacity, but I will say like map designing to where people like don't hate their deployment is very difficult right now while also adhering to all of the new objective placements with the new crises. Uh, yeah. It's just also worth saying and should be obvious that real games are generally, you know, one way or the other, you know, one side or the other, you don't get these four side thing to the point where many events I've gone to, it's actually been, prohibited like literally banned you cannot play like sideways right. games you know and i've trolled and thought about doing it a few times like i think it'd be kind of fun but like it just makes no sense for the league it's a it's a simulator it's a tabletop simulator we're supposed to be simulating real games here so why are we playing incorrectly yeah i mean it, it also i mean that's that's up for debate right like there's a lot of uh a lot of precision on TTS that doesn't exist IRL, which, you know, it is what it is, but sure. But it's a simulator and we're not playing yeah. the real thing. I mean, honestly, if we were playing the real thing, like you would, you would like disable the snap buttons, right? <laughs> yeah. There, there's so many yeah. quality of life things on TTS that like, shouldn't be there if we were trying to replicate yeah. it. Exactly. It's a, it is a slightly different version of the game um, compared to real yeah. life. And I agree. Sure. And I don't think it's inherently wrong that way, but I would, 
basically i'm just begging people to allow me to make maps without <laughs> having the stress of having to design for four edges well, but the thing is i mean we've played a lot of games on tts it just is what it is and so it's really annoying when we're, like i'm playing a new list and i'm trying to like enjoy it and have fun and like just feel out my characters and then it's like oh this map okay yeah he just put that stupid truck in front of me because you know he spins the map around until it's the stupid side and it just like kind of screws like it ruins the feeling of fun and like excitement of the characters in the game when like the deployment's just kind of a shit show and i'm just yeah, not i think fan. in those situations like, you can you, get, we just move yeah. the terrain like just yeah we've we've done that a few times but it's just like kind of a, a pet peeve of like yeah. here we go again you know um and and it's like most the maps are mostly awesome that's the thing too right it's like we're taking these mostly great maps and just like there's like this one thing that's just kind yeah. of a annoying about it so that's all i want to talk about with the maps. and so it's so, not yeah. You, yeah you can't blame the map designers either it's just because it's functionality of the right. game currently all right that was my little side tangent i wanted to publicly say so i can get people to agree with me that's all <laughs> uh <laughs> i appreciate yeah i appreciate that. all right where, where where are we in our um, in our interview with lucas well i want to ask you first of all just um do you think you brought the best list you know like i guess where do you feel you your list fits in the game and uh what are the lists that Maybe you have been in the league, or what scares you? Like you mentioned, shield, for example, I put some fear in you, and I'm just kind of curious because people here, Mike and I, talk all the time about this stuff, but maybe a, a fresh voice on this, you know? Um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll put the fear uh, I think in the you. main thing was Guardians of the Galaxy. Thanos was the one that I needed something for, and I didn't want to um, play attrition into them if I could avoid it, but I also wanted to be able to play attrition into other teams, um, so. Uh, I think that's yeah. I think the only the what I've learned in this season is that I don't want to play researcher. I want to play. I want to outposition my opponent um, rather than outslay them, because you can just like it's so scary. I don't. It's just very scary, um, and it's hard to identify uh, faults in your game um, when you're because the positional changes in your on your characters are so minimal a lot of the times. Or they're just not as significant when you're playing on a E map. Uh, so I, I just think that what I what I learned was that um, that the Hulk. I mean Hulk X Men. Like I had another game in top sixteen where it's just like it literally came down to the wire. I won by one VP on on Portals Researcher, um, and I don't like I don't like this combo. This combo is like uh, is like my Kryptonite. The Researcher Beta Flips. So by uh, by not having both of them in my list, it gives me a little more agency uh, to avoid that that situation if I want to, and um, and I yeah, and so I I think that Thanos Guardians of the Galaxy was pretty scary. I mean, Malkith like another Malkith mirror is like flip a coin. Uh, do you do you win or not? Um, so. I don't know. There's nothing really else that really scared me too much. Um, I felt I felt pretty good about each of my matchups. I mean, the Mystique Dream Team was scary, but I talked about that. Like, you just gotta look for like look for openings. Um, 
Yeah, there's not there's nothing really that I guess like the what I liked about my list is I felt like I had like on most crisis combinations that my, me and my opponent my opponent and I brought forward, I felt like on most of them I had an advantage, and there was only a few here or there that uh, would come would roll up, and I would be bad for me, and uh, season ten that was like researcher pay to flip. And season eight, it was Legacy Virus. And of course, like both times I make it to the finals, like I'm hitting like literally the worst extract out of all six. Um, so I'm uh, next season, season 11. <laughs> uh, hopefully that doesn't happen again. Um, but um, yeah, so I felt good about pretty much all my matchups. It was just crisis combinations that, that really um, I was trying to avoid. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's usually what I'm terrified okay. of these days too. <laughs> it's like... The nightmare scenario arriving. Um. I will say I basically played your list at the event I went to in New Hampshire, and I lost on researcher. So, goddamn it! Why couldn't you figure this out quicker? <laughs> Something else I um, wanted to bring up is a lot of people are playing freaking researcher. I feel like it's in every list, every game I watch. It's on researcher. <laughs> yeah. Like. If, yeah. Now that you mention it, I actually don't think it was my researcher that I lost on. But yeah, everyone's playing it. I mean, I'm playing it. <laughs> unfortunately, I would love to not play it, but the grunts contesting a researcher is way too good. Um, but other than that, I feel like everyone is playing it. I wish AMG would just get rid of it because people would people would play, play the, game. the game. Yeah, like it creates games that aren't like every other game. I mean, I don't know. AMG seems to want just like. 16 percenter hey this this game is random now you know like it's in marvel snap when you pull like weird world and you're now drawing from your opponent's deck yeah it's like oh yeah, it doesn't happen all the time but sometimes it does yeah i think that like the pay to flip researcher is really the only time where uh it it like it's looks like a, a normal game of um a normal game of crisis protocol like because think lots of move actions lots tons of move actions and movement is needed to win those games but like in any other crises combinations like it's uh it's yeah it's really just like all right you put one character on one secure i'll put a character on another secure and maybe we do that again but maybe we just put the rest of our characters on the researcher and then uh and then whoever like has the best defensive tech um uh, it wins yeah it's definitely my most hated crisis just because it creates like weird games that I don't think are very interesting. And I do think your game was an exception because of the pay to flip, right? You create a lot of movement having to back cap points, but when it's like riots and researcher, the riots is mostly not a thing. Even with the VP nerf on researcher, it's just, Researcher is just a single extract that no one can pick up. Yeah, it's slow. Like, yeah, it's a slow game. You're going, you're going as very a lot of rounds. A pay to flip is like the one time where it's like, I mean, you can, you can create the cluster in the in the middle, um, but one person's gonna have the VP edge, and whoever does, whoever doesn't have that, is gonna go out and get some and go out and flip some traps or whatever. Um, but if you're tied, I mean, you could easily end up tied, and then uh, and neither player willing to to 
go try to flip traps and then you're left with the same situation and you're and i guess what i'm trying to say is like six point you're getting six points total across both players um or sorry is yeah for the most part there's the bonus point too to consider but um that's low it's super low uh it is and just like you said single it's a single extract um situation and it just means that if you're getting three points on average per per turn you're going six rounds or so um which is a lot longer than what an average game uh goes for uh for this uh for this game yeah it's by far the slowest objective in the game now um so i don't know i just don't like researcher i've never liked it i just want to keep telling people that it's bad so maybe amg will listen (laughs) Every time I think I like researcher, you find out you're not like the biggest dog, yeah. you know. Or what, you know, it's like always like a bigger, a bigger fish, as they said in uh, Star Wars. I think, Wars, but I think it's like rock, paper, know? scissors situation. Like it's it's uh, you could just yeah. you could be the biggest dog in like one area of the game, and then you go against a team that hard counters it, and it's just like oh, all right, I. I am getting I'm I'm getting thrown by Hulk and mm-hmm. incinerated and firewalled by Pyro and and researcher isn't now all of a sudden I am definitely not favored to play researcher with Malekith. I will say I have felt that shield that- is amazing on researcher. Like I haven't run into anything yet that's felt like oh this is terrible. And it's usually just because yeah, Nick I mean, can, can just go last and drop the grunts on it when you have like you're not committing anything to it and you score it or tie it. So yeah, it's been quite good. Yeah, and then the X Men hard counter, like of course, uh, doesn't uh, they have to be on the researcher? They can't just like run away. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So maybe this is a segue uh, a, a bit here. Uh, you mentioned the good list and all that, but maybe this is a character question. But how do people beat your list, Lucas? Uh how do they? Beat I mean, you keep mentioning Pyro. I'm actually really curious because I haven't felt this like pyro hulk combo thing going around it sounds like you have more intimate experience with this for some uh, in some way um, i think that uh, i mean i think that x i think the the ones that uh, i guess the other ones that i didn't mention really uh, that do scare me i mean the mirrors scare me I, if i have to play x-men it means that and i win if i win priority there i'm getting the double x-men dream probably right because i guess i i would choose my extracts in that case but either way, now that I've taken researcher out, it's I'm I'm still giving them three. There's like a bunch of extracts still. So um, the X Men matchup is scary because I don't feel like I have that much of an edge. And the whole pyro, like of course, a lot tons of X Men players are splashing pyro because like why wouldn't you? And so then I'm dealing with that. Um, and then the cabal, like because the coin toss, it's like whoever's cabal is better. And if I play X Men into that, um, I don't get dark rain. And then and like i just don't i just don't know uh so the characters that scare me the most are the ones that can stagger uh malekith or activate him um especially with the, if they have no matter the cost uh, i mean i got dunked on by uh utility cookie um and with his spider people and they uh and they just did that i mean like i couldn't i can't bring my big characters if you've got black hat and no matter the cost in your list and you are activating last um like i don't know it's just um i'm not gonna bring a seven threat that gets to make one action a turn i just can't like 
uh, it doesn't doesn't work. So I guess like that that is the thing that scares me a lot. Um, Pyro obviously is like a is like the the is so good into into Malkith that it's really stupid. Um, that it makes me very nervous, especially when I'm trying to play a movement game with him. It's like, all right, well, there I now I have to play. Well, as soon as you put those things on me, it's like, all right, well, now I have to play attrition into you, um, because I can't move around anymore. So. I I don't know. There's um, I think every the things that everyone has already said about what's good into Malkith that I'm, I'm scared of. The things that are good in X Men I'm scared of. So I don't know. There's nothing really more to say other than what other people have already said. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone enjoys mirrors. Even even just the fun factor of it. But yeah, I think mirrors just luckily are pretty rare in MCP because it's got a pretty good diverse meta so, still. Um, but yeah, I, 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 in the history of the game, I don't think there's any mirror anyone gets very excited about, at least competitively, you know, because you want to have an edge competitively, yeah. right? But so I got right. one last uh, one. I think we've gone through the rest here. of them, but yeah. my last one is: Are you, are you still, you're still going to play this list? Just tune it still and keep rocking it. Yeah, I. Um, I'm not, I'm, I look through the, like the list of affiliations on like the discord, uh, and the different channels. And I'm just like, um, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> like, like they're just like, they're just not good enough. I mean, like I, if I'm, I'm still in the mind state where I want to, uh, I guess like what I, I don't ever want to blame anything other than myself for when I lose. Uh, so it's like, I will never blame my dice in any serious manner if i ever am saying it i'm like really joking um i like and i know there's games where like it literally could be the case where it's like i did i did everything perfectly but i still even in that case i'm going to reject the fact that i played uh i did that i played perfectly but i didn't get the dice so i um so i'm gonna keep playing this list with some tweaks and uh, I don't remember where I was going with this, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the plan for now. I'm I'm too. Oh yeah, I was looking through the affiliations and basically like so many of them, I just have to say no right out of the gate because they're not top tier. If I'm if I'm playing the, the what I think is the best teams and the and some of the best characters, it puts really puts uh, the onus on me to play them. Uh, to like I I guess like I can't blame that. Uh, as a reason I lost. Oh, I, I, I'm bringing uh, a sub-tier, uh, below-par affiliation, and that's what lost me the game. Like, I don't want to ever be able to say that either. I want to be able to say, I brought the best stuff, I played the best I can, and if I lost, then then I can't, like, who, I can't blame anything else, really. I'm not going to blame the dice, because uh, my opponent had dice too. So, uh, so I'm going to keep playing the best affiliation, which is X-Men, like the strongest, what I think is the strongest, and I'm going to keep playing the best attrition team which is cabal so at least for the next month or so this is uh i'm going to be playing these characters yeah i like it i I mean i really like the list i think it's really good i've thought that ever since you showed me the duel and things started clicking in my head cool yeah thanks for uh being on the podcast it's super glad we got to swipe you only only uh, 24 hours after the incident. Uh, you seemed much more cheery than the end of that la- that game <laughs> uh, the other day. Um, <laughs> I do think you're a little hard on yourself in your interview. 
And it's I, I should shout out to like we already said it, but Norbert did a great job on on streaming, and uh, it was a very entertaining game. I, I've seen in the discords people say they really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, um, thanks so much for being on our podcast today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I like I love talking about uh, this game in general, and I like talking about strategies. So if uh, if you ever want to ask me questions on Discord, I just hit me up, and I'm more than willing to share or um offer advice yeah thanks for coming on lucas this was fun have you been on here before i can't remember i was on a christmas episode okay, for, so just, but that just was that it one. okay cool all right is there anything else you want to talk about Are we good cool i'm good all right listeners thank you for uh tuning in to another episode of the danger room and uh, we'll see you in two weeks bye thanks for taking the time to listen to our thoughts on the game as the game changes, the information in this episode may become less relevant, so bear that in mind if you're listening from the future. We also want to thank Discount Games Inc. and Blackgate Games. If you don't have a local game store and they can't get what you're looking for, check out those guys. They'll sort you out. Finally, a big thank you to Atomic Mass Games for making such an awesome game. We'll see you next time in The Danger Room. Simulation complete.